Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This series has been a blast. In case you haven't been with us, here's a center rumble strip. We're all familiar with them, right? And then there are shoulder strips. The whole purpose is if we're going to go off the road, they let us know it, right? So they're, they're audible and tactile, so you hear them and feel them. And so all of us have gone over the rumble strip, and we hear boom, 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 boom. And it, it, it cuts fatalities on the road down 50%. So we thought, let's do a series, and let's talk about spiritual rumble strips, because God has placed those in our lives too. So our text is Ephesians 5, 14 through 21, and we talked about three. I get to deal with the fourth one today. Remember, there's wisdom strips, lesson one. There's an inner strip, which is our conscience, lesson two. Then there's outer strips, which are the people in our life that we're closest to. And if you weren't with us last week for outer strips, man, we found out that the people that are our closest friends that we open our lives up to, that we literally sync our brain with them. And it was an amazing lesson. So if you didn't hear it, I encourage you to hear it. This week is, in my opinion, the coolest rumble strip. Um, I'm calling it singing strips, and you're going to like it. You'll know why in a moment. But guess who it is? It's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he'll let you know when you're going off the road, but his number one purpose, you know what it is? It's just to keep you going down the road and never going off. Uh, the Bible calls him our helper, and Jesus sent him to help us. And one of the ways he does that is to just keep us on the road. And there's this strip on Highway 66 in New Mexico. It's a strip of road. And they had this problem where people were going too fast and getting into accident after accident. And so they came up with this brilliant idea. They, they took where the rumble strip is and, and they kept that there, but they moved another rumble strip over. They call them singing strips. And if you go the speed limit, uh, so you have to slow down to go to speed limit, um, you will hear the song, America the Beautiful. So if you go too fast, you hear beep, 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 beep. If you go too slow, you hear beep, beep. But if you go the right speed, you hear this song. And this is really important for our message. And I thought I'd let you just uh, hear this short clip. Here's this section of Highway 66. feel like I should salute the flag or something, man. It, I, Gina and I want to go see the Grand Canyon, uh, whether this year or next year in the summer, and I want to make sure I go the southern route. I want to go over that and just experience it. I want to go over it fast, medium, slow. I just want to see, see what happens. I'm just, I'm very curious on, on that. But I'm calling uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm calling it uh, our singing strip because um, you know how they have to slow down to hear that song? You and I have to slow our lives down a little bit in order to release the Holy Spirit so he's able to literally become our rumble strip. And sometimes we can go through life so fast that we don't even think about the fact that we are the temple of Holy Spirit. And there's some really cool things he wants to help us with. And one of them is while we're on this spiritual journey, he keeps us on track. And I often think, man, I don't know where I would be without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I know many of you can stand up and say the same thing. So this is my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out of, understanding more clearly than ever in this lesson. And it goes like this. The Spirit in you wants to fill you. And when he fills us, it's, it's not weird. 
you can't really see it except you feel it because you have this extra energy, this extra peace, this extra joy, this extra life that's inside of you. And you gotta slow down to allow that to happen. So I just wanna show you a text where it talks about this taking place, Galatians 5.18. When you are guided or led by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. So he's writing to Christians. And the Jewish laws here is referring to, to the moral part of the Old Testament, the moral code, which includes the Ten Commandments. So it's, you know, live holy, live right, do this, don't do that. And here's what he's saying. If you can learn to allow the Holy Spirit to saturate you, you won't have to white knuckle it. You won't have to say, I know God doesn't want me to do it, but I want to do it so bad and it's so hard not to do it and I want to do it. Um, you just get to a place where you're like, just, I, don't, I don't even care about that anymore. I just, I just want to live this way. And it's just allowing the spirit to fill you. So he goes on and says this in verse 19. But when you follow your own inclination, some translations say your sin nature, your flesh, uh, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, um, eagerness for lustful pleasure. And the list goes all the way down to verse 21. It's just all the things you and I can do wrong, right? And he's saying, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help us, we're probably going to lean that direction. But then he concludes with verse 22. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, now he's not going to control you like you're a robot. Um, that would kind of be nice in one way, but in another way, we kind of lose our free will, right? So, but what it means to control, it just means he influences you because you allowed him to be loose at a higher level inside you. It says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love. So here, here's, here's how it would look in your day. day. I, I, I struggle with road rage. You know, it's, it's minor, but I struggle with it. And Gina, over the years, I've given her an upset stomach uh, when she's with me. But I've gotten so good. And, and I've learned just to, you know, I just make sure I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to influence me more. So somebody does something and I want to just say something like, how stupid could they be? Can I, you know, like some of you do. I know most of you don't. And, 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 and then I'm like, I catch myself and I go, nah. I think, I think I'm going to choose to forget that. I think I'm going to have the attitude, I probably have made that mistake too before. You, you just come to a place where you can react in love or joy. How many of you sometimes just don't feel like there's anything to be happy about? But you, you allow yourself to be filled and influenced by the Spirit. You can walk in joy without circumstances being correct. He goes on, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here, with the Holy Spirit fruit, there is no conflict with Jewish laws or the moral code. In other words, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you as a Christian and fill you, he's saying uh, you're never going to do something that's against the moral codes of God. You're going to end up living a, a pure and holy life. And I know we all have to fight temptation, all that uh, stuff. So he's just letting us know the Holy Spirit is a rumble strip. He's in there to help us. So in our text, Ephesians 5 14 through 21. I just want to take the parts we haven't dealt with yet. Begins in verse 18, goes to verse 20. And verse 18 is what we want first. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I got to thinking when I, I like this translation, it will ruin your life. Before I met Jesus, I struggled with binge drinking and 
binge marijuana smoking. And I don't know what you guys call it today. So my kids make fun of me. I, ca I call it weed. They go, dad, they don't call it that anymore. I, I mean, I grew up in the seventies, right? So that, that's what they called it. But I would binge get high and binge drink. And there were mornings I woke up and I'd have a black eye, a fat lip. And I'd have to call my friends and say, what happened? What did I do last night? Oh, you caught in this big fight. Sometimes I'd say, did I win? Sometimes I, I didn't. <laughs> they go, no, look at your face in the mirror. You did not win. Um, or sometimes I woke up and my friends would call me and they'd say, hey, last night you cussed this girl out up one side down the other. I go, she's such a nice girl. Why did I do that? They said, you were just drunk out of your mind. I said, oh, and then I have to call the girl and say, I'm sorry. And then not to mention your liver and all. I remember my dad liked to drink a little. And uh, when he was in his fifties, he went to the doctor. He said, you have cirrhosis of the liver. And I'll never forget my dad coming home. He wasn't a Christian yet. He just threw all this alcohol down the, down the drain and said, I don't want to die with cirrhosis of the liver. It, it, it's just going to hurt you, right? So what's the solution? Because all of us need a little extra, right, in our life. So he says, well, here's what I would recommend. Instead, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if, the Holy Spirit won't make you act drunk. That's not what it's saying. But, but he will influence your life. Because uh, when you're drinking, you're looking for something to just, you know, help you escape and so on and so forth. And I'm talking about getting drunk, you know. And he's saying, no, the Holy Spirit, man, he can really influence your life for the positive and, and I like what he says. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that phrase, be filled, is in the continuous text in the Greek. Greek scholars tell us that it literally means keep on being filled, which means it's just like when you drink, right? If, if you get drunk and you go to bed, the next morning when you wake up, you have a hangover typically, right? And then are you still drunk? No, it dissipated. If you're filled with the Spirit today and you wake up tomorrow, you're going to have to refill yourself with the Spirit. So there's different ways to do it. Verse 18 is one. And then verses uh, 19 and 20 tell us we can do it through worship too. And so we'll talk about that in just a moment. I want to talk about this one because that phrase, be filled with the Spirit, is used throughout the New Testament. It's referring to what we also call the baptism with the Holy Spirit or receiving the Holy Spirit. And so I realize as I get onto this subject, uh, the majority of our church would be spirit-filled or charismatic, whatever you want to call it. And there's many new people that maybe you've never heard about it, and that's okay. Or maybe you heard people say it's not for today. Some people go so far as to say it's of the devil. And so I just want to ask you just to listen. And here, here's, here's what I want to say to you. Am I not a normal guy, right? I always say, I'm not weird, am I? And, and you guys usually say, no, you're not weird. And uh, you can say it again, no, you're not weird. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a weird person, right? Uh, but yet, I, I received the Holy Spirit the day I accepted Jesus on my own. And I'm gonna tell you that story in a moment. It's an amazing moment. So it's very difficult for someone to tell me it's not for today. And I'll explain that as we go on. But the Apostle Paul wrote nearly three quarters of the New Testament. God gave him three quarters of the New Testament to write. And he ran among, he came across some Christians in Ephesus. He assumed they were Christians. And I think the first question he asked them was amazing. So think about it. This is Paul. Can you imagine meeting someone for the first time and asking this question? So here's Acts 19.1. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And here's his question, verse 2. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
And, and so he's assuming they're Christians, right? He said, when you believe, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Then he says this. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So let's just talk about this. First of all, receiving the Holy Spirit when you believed, that has been taught really poorly, very incorrectly. So listen very carefully. When you accepted Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. He's in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But he's using a different Greek word here. The Greek word is the Greek word lambano, which means to take hold of what you already possess. So you already have it, but now you're taking hold of it. So if in the lobby, if you were to come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Joe, I want to give you a phone, and I don't need a phone. I'm not planting any seeds. But you said, I'm going to give you a phone, and I took that phone, and we translated it into the Greek. You wouldn't say I lambanoed the phone. Why? Because I didn't possess it. I'm receiving it for the first time. That's a whole other Greek word. But my iPad, I've owned it for several years, and if it's sitting here, and what, let's say it just sits at home for a year, do I still possess it? It's just, it's, I'm, not, I, I'm not picking it up and using it, but I still possess it, right? But right now it's sitting here. When, when I pick it up, if we were going to use Greek, we would say Joe lambanoed his iPad. What does that mean? I'm taking hold of something I already possess. I'm not receiving it for the first time. So Paul isn't asking them, is the Holy Spirit in you yet? He's asking them, have you taken hold of the Holy Spirit? And it's, a, it's a really important question. And so he goes on in verse 3, and he says this. So Paul asks, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Uh, and so he goes on and says in verse 4, Paul said, John bap baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe on the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. So in other words, they knew all about Jesus coming, but they hadn't heard how to receive him. Verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now, they're, can we all agree they're Christian now? Paul baptized them. They're Christian, right? So the Holy Spirit's now in them. But listen to verse 6. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Verse 7, there were about 12 men in all. Whoa. These are the 12 guys that started the church of Ephesus with, with Paul, and it became one of the largest churches in history. Some say a million, others say two million members. That's a huge church. This is where the, the church began. And I think it's interesting. He asks, have you received the Holy Spirit or taken hold of them? And then after he makes sure they're Christians, then what does he do? He prays for them to receive it and says he placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, which is a, an outward sign of receiving the Holy Spirit. So now, I, again, I know I have some of your attention really well, and I know there's a lot of arguments out there. I want to make sure you know that I'm aware of them, and I'll give you some great resources if you want to go further in a couple minutes here. But I realize some people say, oh, this is just for a sign, right? And that's what Acts 2 was. Well, God does use it as a sign, but it also is a, is a devotional thing that God's given us to do. We'll talk about this. Some of you are saying, well, didn't it pass away? Jesus said, when that which is perfect has come, we'll no longer need the gifts. And that's in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. And some people say that, that which is perfect is the Bible. But if you read the context, that which is perfect is when you're in your glorified body. And we won't need these things then, but God gave them to us now to help us. So um, I want to tell you my story. This is, a, this is just an amazing story. Most of you know my, my, how I accepted Jesus' story, so I'm going to go through that really quick. I just want you to have the context. And I want to tell you what happened that day 
after I accepted Jesus. But you know, my brother Tony and I owned a Still Valley Barbell Club in Borman, and Lou came up, took a membership, and he started telling me about Jesus. The first two months, I made fun of him. Then the third month, I began to ask him questions. Then one day in the third month, he said, hey, Joe, turn on the TV. It was about two in the afternoon, and I, I, the, the gym was empty. It used to be a busy time. And so I went in the office at the gym, and I watched a one-hour Christian program. At the end, I knelt down and accepted Jesus. It was amazing. So then I, he told me, tell the first guy that walks up that you're a Christian. I thought, are you serious? He said, yeah, you have to do that. I want you to step out. So I'm so nervous, but the first guy is John. Remember, that's a fictitious name. And I told John, I said, John, I just received Jesus. And John said, praise God, Joe, I'm a Christian too. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. Uh, God gave me an easy one, right? And then a couple weeks later, I thought, wait a minute. John was here for all these years, and he never mentioned Jesus. I could have died and went to hell. And then I was upset with John for a while, right? I really was. I'm like, John, that's why I use a fictitious name. John, you could have at least invited me to your church, right? I would have died and went to hell. I was living such a sinful, awful, terrible life. And I didn't even believe in God at the time. And I thought, I'm glad Blue came up and got himself a membership. So then I'm out there and I'm training people. Five o'clock, I walk into my office, it died down. And Lou gave me a Bible. I had never read the Bible in my life. I want you to think about that. I'm 19, never read it in my life. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic church, but I never heard a priest talk about uh, these gifts and all those. I never heard, never heard a person in the, wild, in the world. So I wasn't you know, brainwashed by a cult. Never, never ever heard anything. So at five o'clock, I opened my Bible up. I played Bible roulette and uh, I didn't know what it was, but I just opened up, I, I opened up the first Corinthians 12 and that's where all the gifts of spirit are. And I'm reading them, I'm thinking, whoa, because Catholics like gifts. Like, oh, I'll take anything you got, right? Um, that's how us Catholics were. They still are, and I, I appreciate that about them. Um, so 1 Corinthians 12, and I keep saying other seeing other tongues, other tongues. And then I read chapter 13, I'm like, oh, that's love. I don't want to read that again. And uh, so, so then I read 14, I see more about the gifts and how to use them in church, but I don't know anything. First time I'm reading it in my life. Then I read 15 and thought, oh, that stopped. So then I just kept going back to 12 and 14. And all through the day, I'd come back in and I'd open up to 12 and I'd read 12 and 14. I kept seeing other tongues, other tongues. I want you to understand, I just accepted Christ about two o'clock. I'm reading the Bible for the first time in my life. Never heard a preacher talk about it. And I always like to ask, say this to people. Do you think God would allow me to accept Jesus, read his Bible, and read what he wrote in there, and then allow the devil to give me something? I mean, if that's the God we're following, I think we need to change gears, right? Shift gears, go a different direction. But I just was hungry for it. So Lou, the guy who was instrumental in leading me to the Lord, he had a business. He comes up late. And so I locked up, he goes in the shower. I'm pacing in my office just saying, God, I, don't, I want this gift so bad. I really want this gift. Can I have tongues, God? Never heard it. I just had this desire for it. And then I, 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 this is, I am not exaggerating. You know how sometimes we can embellish some, a story? I am not embellishing. All. all of a sudden, something came on me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was the presence of God. I almost fell over. I grabbed the counter in my office. Now think about it. I am freaked out because I'm brand new Christian Joe. I'm like, I never saw charismatic service in my life. I didn't know what charismatics were. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm almost falling over and I don't know what's wrong. And then I hear words in my head. I feel a pressure here and I just let loose and I began to pray in other tongues. Now I didn't know one scripture except what I just read, but I didn't know what they meant. And I drove home that night and prayed in the spirit and prophesied all the way home. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, was I dreaming? This could have been a dream. Then I tried it again and I could still do it. And I go, okay, that really happened. So 
again, some of you are like, whoa. Well, can I tell you, 99% of the time, it, you will not have it happen that way. You know what God knew? That somewhere in the future, I would be Pastor Joe, I'd be on TV, I'd have a large church. And he said, you know what? I need a normal, non-weird guy <laughs> that can teach this and not freak people out, right? He said, I need a guy that is not gonna be weird and he can teach this and tell people, hey, there's deeper things in God if you're interested, right? And, and be smart enough to say, hey, we'll have connect groups. People can go in if they wanna learn more about that and so on and so forth. So um, God knew that. And that's why God gave me this little extra punch in receiving it. And so here's some of the verses I read, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He said, so a person speaking in tongues helps himself grow spiritually. Some translations say you edify yourself. The Greek word means to fill yourself up. It's referring to flooding yourself with the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, but one who prophesies preaching messages from God helps the entire church grow in holiness and happiness. Whole 14th chapter, I didn't know it the day I read it. Whole 14th chapter is about balance, what you do in a church service on the weekend versus what you do in private. And so he's just telling me, Joe, if you get up there and, and speak in tongues, people are going to be freaked out, think you have a demon, and run out and go, I don't ever visit that church. They are weird over there. But if you can teach a good message, you'll help people grow. So that's why I teach the way I teach, right? But here's what's important. He says it builds you up. It grows you. Listen to verse 14. For if I pray in a language I don't understand, my spirit is praying. That, now he's, talk, he's saying it's a devotional language you can use for prayer but I don't know what I'm saying. That's amazing. You know, over in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, does everybody have this gift of tongues? You know what? The answer is no, because that's the public gift where you speak out in public, someone interprets it. I don't have that, and not everybody does, but all of us can have this prayer language. And listen again, for if I pray in a language I don't understand, my spirit is praying. The Amplified Bible brings out the meetings in the Greek, and here's what it says. If I pray in the spirit... My spirit by the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers. So I just want you to think about this. Whether you agree with me or not, you know I'm not weird, right? But think about this. What a great church to come to. You have a pastor who prays for you four or five times a week. I always go through the Ramado acrostic. So I, in the morning, I'm just saying, God, I pray for everyone that calls believers their church. Uh, TCI, Borman, Warren. And then I pray, Lord, rescue us from evil. And I pray all these things in English. And then when I'm done, I say, Lord, now people have things going on in their life that I don't even know about. So I'm going to pray over this church in the spirit. What a great church to be in because the Holy Spirit knows what you're going through right now. So I, and I pray that way for my kids. Man, I'm sure I prayed things for my kids that I never knew what was going on in their heart, but I helped God be released and help them in their lives. So listen to this last one. This is crazy. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God... This is Paul, wrote nearly three quarters of the New Testament. I thank God I speak in tongues privately more than any of the rest of you. Now, if you read this whole book, these were crazy charismatics. They were crazy. And they were doing everything at the wrong time in the wrong way. But yet here's Paul. He says, you know, as crazy as you guys are, I pray in the spirit more than anyone in that church. But he says, I do it privately. Why? It edifies me. I speak directly to God. So this is what I read. I didn't understand one thing I just taught you. I didn't understand it. I just said, God, I want this, whatever it is, I want this. And it came. So maybe you're listening now and you say, man, 
I'm ready. I want prayed for. Well, our leaders up here can pray for you any week, this week included. You just come up and say, hey, I desire to be prayed for, see the Holy Spirit. But maybe you're like me. I, I, I was like, I got to hear more about some of these things. I do that a lot with the Bible. You want to just process. Um, I want to tell you about a, the greatest book ever written on this subject. It's called The God I Never Knew by Pastor Robert Morris. And here's what's so cool about the book. Pastor Robert Morris went to seminary, and he has his Master's of Divinity, but he went to a seminary that didn't believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. So he was told it's not for today, it's of the devil. And he went through and he came out of seminary believing it's not for today, it's of the devil. And then he received it one day. So he thought, well, that's the God I never knew. I never knew the Holy Spirit. So he wrote a book, The God I Never Knew. He's spectacular. He pastors in Dallas. He pastors a church called Gateway Church. And what he does is he answers every question you could ever have because he was taught the opposite. And you can actually go to YouTube, put in The God I Never Knew, and Robert Morris, and all six of the lessons come up. You can go to his website, Gateway People, hear the same lessons. It's all for free. And then Pastor Bill here at the Warren Campus, he goes through the book in a connect group, and you can actually go through that connect group if you want. He'll pray for you at the end. You can do all this on your own, so you can come up today. Whatever you want, it's just an amazing thing. So let's go back to our text, Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So there's one way to be filled. Listen to the next two verses. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. That's worship. Verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how you loose the rumble strip. You, you slow your life down. You pray a little bit. You worship a little bit every day. Play some worship music when you're driving. And it just will, the Bible says God inhabits our praises. So it just floods your life. It's just a secret, guys, that you can do. But can I take a moment on verse 20? Verse 20 says, stay grateful. Why is he saying that? The Holy Spirit can be grieved and quenched. So let me just tell you, um, if you go negative Ned or negative Nancy, and some of you are like me, you have a propensity towards that, it's like taking a pin and putting it in a balloon. Doesn't the air just come out? <sighs> I used to take the air out of Gina's balloon too, you know. Um, <clears throat> I was just a negative guy when she met me. And, and it's just because I'm a detail guy. I, I lean towards being a pessimist and I can find the wrong in anything. So if I could come to be grateful, anybody in the world can be a grateful person, right? So let's say you just lost your job and uh, you can have the attitude, man, I can't believe that company left. Oh, that company. And you could just be mad. I'll never find another job or you can take, you can be grateful. Say, God, thank you that this company was here for so many years and I had such a great salary for so many years. And Lord, you know what else? I thank you that you're the God that supplies all my needs and I think you'll find me an even better job and you'll meet every need in my life. How many of us can agree that's better, right? That's grateful. You just find something to be grateful for. And, and if, if you worship a lot, you pray in the spirit a lot, as soon as you go negative, you're going to lose all that benefit. But if you can learn to be grateful, it will change your life. But let's, can we talk about worship for a moment? Here's a big question. How many of you felt better after worship than you did before worship today? You, you did. I mean, people tell me, First of all, they always say worship was amazing. Borman, Warren, it's always, worship was amazing. And, and, and you always feel like, whoa, I feel so 
good after worship. It's like I was bumming out before I came. What happened? You released the Holy Spirit. It's not weird, but he energized you, right? And, and that's where he can influence you and guide you and lead you a little bit better than normal. So I'm a guy. I'm just a guy. I'm hopelessly a guy. I love sports. I listen to sports shows. Um, I like to shoot things with my gun. Um, and not people, but things. <laughs> Sometimes animals, if, if you're hunting, you know. And so I enjoy that. I'm just a guy. But you know what? I try to worship every day in my life. And I try to sing a worship song every morning in my prayer time. And it's amazing. And I'll come out of my worship time, and, and Gina always has to say, go down a little bit. I'm like, good morning. How you doing, honey? I'm just, feel so good. By the end of the night, I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> it's like, it dissipates, right? I wake up the next day, it's all gone. So what, what have I learned to do? I just pop in some worship. And then I, sometimes I listen to 70s rock. I don't know why, I'm just a hopeless 70s rock guy. So, so I, I, I'm, I thought like I'm just this Puritan, but I learned to worship. And it's amazing because it releases the Holy Spirit. It changes our lives forever. So I really believe God's just dealt with some of us. Some of us have these gifts and we don't use them. Others, you're like, oh man, that's interesting. And others, it's like, I have to look into it further. And you know what? Here's one thing I want you to know about believers. I don't care where you're at in this area. You'll never be a second rate citizen here. But guys, in all our campuses, can we say, thank you God for the Holy Spirit. Can we just give it up for the Spirit of God? He's amazing. He's amazing. And, and let me tell you something. You're not here by mistake today, and God's, the Holy Spirit's gonna begin to do some really cool things in your life and give you some life and peace and joy like you've never had before. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to share this part of the Bible. And Lord, I, I just thank you, we thank you that we're not alone and the Holy Spirit's in us. And we thank you he's in us the second we Except Jesus, we thank you he's working in our lives whether we're filled with him or not. We thank you for the different ways to stay filled. We thank you, Lord, that we can also pray these supernatural prayers. We just thank you for all that we have, Lord. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Lord, some of us, we're hungry for more. And so right now, Lord, I'm just gonna ask you, just whisper, just say, Lord, I want more. Just let them know, I want this experience. And then you decide, you want to come up for prayer today, you want to get into a connect group, you want to read that book, listen to the messages. Most people receive on their own at home. You can have someone pray for you. But just say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to take the next steps. I'm going to pursue this. And I can promise you God's going to do great things in your life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And some of you, God stirred you. You know, I have this gift, and obviously I can worship, but I don't. It's like Highway 66, you're gonna slow your life down a little bit and make a little room to release the greatest rumble strip ever. So just make that commitment to God right now. I'm gonna do that, God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I'm like those guys in Acts 19, those 12 guys from Ephesus. I haven't, I haven't even accepted Jesus yet. And I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The greatest thing I've ever done in my life. It's amazing. And here's what... Jesus said, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but receive everlasting life. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. So right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. It doesn't matter how you came in today, 
believing in God, not believing in God, knowing God a little, here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Can you remember a day when you accepted him? And if not, why not today? Why not pray right now and just say, Jesus, I'm gonna take that step and accept you. And I'm gonna help you do it. Everyone listening, Borman, TCI Warren, we're gonna help you do it. And guys, let's pray loud enough so they hear us pray with them. And if you're praying this for the first time, just simply mean it. Say, Lord God, I realize I am sin-stained and I need a savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for the sins of the entire world. That God raised you up out of that grave. That you are the savior. This day, I call you Lord and I accept you as my savior. I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I mean, it just, it all it takes is praying that from your heart. Miracles have just happened. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. The Holy Spirit's now inside you. Heaven's your future home. God's your father. And you may not have felt a thing, but it all happened. It's a miracle. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.